0: On today's episode of Quest, L.A.-based choreographer Sam Kong. Life is a quest for logic and reason. It is a quest to find balance between science and faith. Life is a quest for knowledge and understanding. Most importantly, it's a quest for personal discovery. Whatever your quest, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Welcome to Quest. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Todd Fisher, and welcome to Season 3 of Quest. A quest is a search for something. and This podcast will show you how we know what we know through interviews with people that have incredible stories of dedication and perseverance. To me, curiosity is part of what makes us human. And there's still so much we don't know. There's joy in discovery. It's what drives us. It's our quest. Hi, Sam, welcome to the quest podcast.
1: Hey, what's going on, Todd?
0: <laughs> I'm glad to have you on the show. I think you might be the first dancer that I've interviewed.
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me. And being the first sounds special. And it is special. So thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so you are an L.A.-based hip-hop dancer and choreographer.
1: Yes, I am.
0: So I want to get into kind of how you got into this. Like, did you start like a lot of dancers? Did you start with ballet, tap, and jazz and stuff like that?
1: Um, I actually do not have any, um, technical training at all. Um, I first started dancing when I was nine and I got into that by accident. Um, it was, uh my, the landlord, my mom's landlord, you know, the house that we were staying at at the time I was nine. Um, she was like, Hey, you know, I need someone to fill in on this dance piece. And it's a Cambodian classical traditional dance. And, um, she was like, I'll offer you $20. I really did it for the $20. Cause I, Didn't care for dance at all. So um, yeah, I I actually got into it by accident. I learned the dance. I performed, got paid twenty dollars. Was really happy. And afterwards, I was told I was really, really good at it. And um, you know, hearing that for the first time, like I'm really good at something, just kind of um, yeah, it just kind of won me over. And I just started dancing. That started dancing since.
0: So that style of dance you're talking about is that called Khmer?
1: Um, Khmer.
0: (laughs) Okay. I, yeah, was okay, I was
1: I was trying to figure it out Todd. from the
0: spelling. You would never be able to phonetically get it from the spelling. So I thought I would try
1: Yeah, no, That's okay. That's great. F, you know, A for effort.
0: <laughs> so that's the classical dance um, of Cambodia.
1: Yes. Cambodian classical dance. Um, I, yeah, I did that at age nine and I did, did it for about nine years. So for those so who, who
0: haven't guessed it yet, this is an audio only podcast. You are, uh, you are Asian. So let's get yeah. into <laughs> <I'm> Asian girl. <laughs> you, you can't tell from podcasts anymore Nothing what anyone cannot. is, right? But someone somewhere is going, wait a minute, a Cambodian dance. What's she doing? <laughs> I'm
1: Asian. let Todd tell you. I'm Asian.
0: <laughs> let's go back and talk about uh, young Sam. What was it? So you grew up in America, right?
1: Yes, born and so raised.
0: Tell me about your family life and and how all this happened. How did you? How did your family come to America? How many brothers and sisters you have? How did you grow up? What was what was all this like?
1: Well, my parents came from Cambodia um and they came here to the US during uh, the Khmer Rouge which was in the late 70s and um they came here I want to say yeah, late 70s like early 80s. Um I have six other siblings <laughs> uh three of us we were born here i'm one of the three um my older brother uh who was born uh before me he was the first to be born here so um yeah uh my my, my parents were refugees and they came here to america
0: are a lot of cambodians catholic
1: catholic i don't know and i've never heard that actually Did you know you I, I, i've seen i've seen christians actually. Mm-hmm. I've met some um, Cambodian Christians, but I haven't met, met Catholics, yeah.
0: I wasn't sure. I have, I've actually met um, Cambodian Catholics. So I wasn't oh. sure if that was like a predominant religion or what, did you grow up religious or spiritual?
1: Um, I did not, um, I did not. I actually, uh, my parents didn't uh, raise us to um, be spiritual or that wasn't a practice or anything like that at home. Um, they focused on you know working and raising us because it was really really hard really hard back then so a lot of working and you know there's, there's a lot of kids so um we were just around playing with each other and would go to school so i actually um was introduced to religion when um there were christians that knocked on our door and that's how i was introduced to religion i, I mean see. i would hear my i would hear my parents my mom say you know uh but you know that's like god in our language but I was never informed on what that is
0: sure have you been to yeah. Cambodia
1: I have yeah I love it I love it it's a really poor country but there are some areas that you know the capital itself Phnom Penh the city um visiting visiting the Angkor Wat the one of the nine wonders of the world uh, that was yeah. amazing but um yes I have and it's beautiful
0: I was reading about the types of dance in Cambodia, and they have the, this classical dance of the royal court, folk dances that portray cultural traditions and social dances. Do you know much about all of those things, those different types of things?
1: Um, honestly, I don't know too much into depth about it. Um, I do know that uh, in folk dance, there are... Um, as far as performing, uh, there can be male dancers. I did not do folk dance. I did classical dance, which is uh, different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime time that um, there's a male role in the story, it would have to be played by a female. Um, but I, I don't know.
0: Interesting. So, uh, <laughs> so a male role would be played by a female?
1: Yes. That's yes. customary? Fact, yes.
0: Well, wow. yes. Why, why is that? Do you, do you know, is it just, there aren't male dancers or is it just part of the culture?
1: I think it's a, a part of the culture and, um, just, I'm not too sure, actually, I'm not going to say what I heard from somebody else because I don't think that's the right thing to
0: do. <laughs> of course. But
1: I really don't know. I really don't know. It might have to be, it might be like a, just a formal thing.
0: I'm you always know, fascinated I'm... in dance around the world, but you know, speaking. So like with that situation, um, with not having a male play that role, I'm curious, you know, I always felt like it was hard to get males involved in dance in general um, for a long time, like, especially my generation, you know, I grew up and little boys played a little league and little girls went to dance. But, but in, you know, the last 20 years, all that has changed dramatically in that now females enroll in athletics and males get involved in dance, particularly, In hip-hop the b-boy world and things like that and and i'm wondering do you see is it harder to recruit males to be dancers or not do you think and and Um, females at the same rate i should ask too
1: i don't i don't think so i mean with uh what i see now and and what i'm experiencing there's plenty of males and females you know um Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot it's, it's it's more open now there's you know um also like there's more, they're more accepting of like gay dancers now, you know, um, I think with, with how the culture is, um, but I don't think that it's hard to recruit male dancers or female dancers. Hmm. I feel like there's a lot.
0: I see in the, in like the ballet dance world, there's always a deficit in male dancers. In fact, a lot of the, um, the ballet schools will offer instruction for free to males because there's so few males and. um, and it's it's very lopsided, and I saw, I've also seen that a lot in Irish step dance and flamenco, and a lot of other a lot of other types of dance. That it's really hard to recruit the males. And flamenco traditionally was very much a male dominated dance uh, for a long time, and now you 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 know you might see a class of a dozen women taking flamenco dance and two males, and it's uh, they and I think ballet it's hit harder, but with hip hop i think that's kind of a much cooler type of dance and I, I believe you right. know men do gravitate toward that but right. i think uh, we're losing dancers in a lot of other places and um,
1: i see what you mean yeah
0: yeah so i'm not, I yeah about so like, I, like
1: cultural dancing like international not just hip hop i guess i was i was speaking on like hip hop dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah for sure for was, sure like, yeah yeah but yeah, i see what you mean
0: that was i mean when i was growing up like i had never had a friend who was a male ballet dancer but I knew lots of guys growing up that wanted to go and break dance that was the right, thing to do, right. and there were no girls that wanted to do that you know yeah, <laughs> was,
1: yeah yeah
0: it was a huge transition into how things were I think uh you know if guys could pop and lock or break dance they were cool but if they did ballet they weren't cool you know
1: right yeah I don't, I don't
0: know if that applies as much anymore now, but I'm always curious to see just how much people go to sports now instead of dance.
1: I feel like to some extent, it, you know, it still is there. But I also feel like what I'm seeing in uh, like chor- uh, choreography or hip hop choreography, it's like, now, you know, if you get trained in, you know, um, ballet, or if you're technical, if you have those abilities, then if you do hip hop, like I've seen, really great executions by dancers doing hip-hop and you know their background they have technical training like ballet yeah so uh yeah i think i think when maybe i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) my thoughts are just kind of (laughs) like
0: do you so for hip-hop dancing like anyone can enroll in a hip-hop dance class a beginner could but but uh it, but I think with things like ballet and tap and jazz may be more structured and take years of training to actually oh, get yeah. somewhere there. Um, sure. So I think a path to success or a career probably happens quicker in something like hip hop. Yeah. I often wonder how much uh, ballet, tap and jazz, like how much that could influence you as a dancer moving into that or whether it's more of a hindrance than anything. Um, to try and, and do hip hop. If you've performed one of those other types of things, I know hip hop borrows heavily in not only music, but in dance from other things. So oh, I've yeah. seen hip hop that's had African dance influence into it. And I've seen the blending of, you know, kind of what the B-boy world was in the old days. Yeah. And this is breakdancing, right. popping a lot. There's all kinds of stuff. There's jazz. Mo- there's all kinds of stuff that I think goes into hip hop. Yeah, and uh, and music is the same way. Hip hop music sorts to borrows from a lot of different genres of stuff. Right, it's very fascinating to me. Um, what do you think? Are you, for a long time, I, I always heard that like um, L, there was an LA style of salsa, and there were all kinds of other types of dances that were really predominant in LA for a while. Is hip hop the thing there? Is that the most dominant trend in LA right now?
1: In LA, yeah, I would say hip hop and salsa bachata, but hip hop would probably. Be the yeah. one, yeah, where yeah. I just like, oh, okay, it's because it's so cool, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> for yes, <laughs> sure.
0: for sure, for sure. Um, I'm curious. So, yeah, I talk about this. I have a book coming out soon, and i I talk about uh, dance in a couple of ways. I talk about it in the first book um, that's called Physiological Attunement, and it's dance as a form of exercise. And I talk about the expression that you can have and the type of exercise, the calories you can work off, the things you can do if you don't want to just go out and run or go to the gym. Dance could be a form of exercise for people. Um, and in a later book, I talk about it in a different form, almost as a language. And I'm curious, do you think of some call dance a nonverbal language? Do you think that's true?
1: Nonverbal? I mean, verbal is speaking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is dance speaking? can dance be a
1: speaking without yeah using your voice like literally (laughs) yes dancing is speaking
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny am
1: i making sense yeah
0: some people you know it's interesting because they say something becomes a language when you can notate it when it can be written and dance notation's been around a long time so there's a lot it's funny to think about this if you go back in time if you go back hundreds of years with ballet if you didn't see a ballet performance, it was lost. Were, it was gone. Right. But music could be composed and there was, there was notation that you would know you could play that music again. So, you, so even if you didn't see Beethoven in concert, the music was still written in notation and it would carry on for generations. But a lot of early important um, dances were lost because there was no system of notation. And even yeah. today, the biggest ballet companies in the world will not videotape their performances. They don't keep them for posterity, which I feel is very interesting because there's just no real record of that, although there is notation for things now. So flamenco has a style of notation and tap has a style of notation. Almost everything is a style of notation. And they say something truly becomes a language when you can notate it. So I thought that was.
1: That is actually really interesting.
0: Yeah. So if you can mark out how the steps are and it can, someone can replicate that down the line, then you've made something yeah. immortal in a way and it becomes, officially becomes a language. So I don't know if that yeah. holds true, but, uh, but it's interesting the expression in it alone. It is. And, I, and I think it's interesting, like you see a very disciplined style of dance and tap, but hoofing is kind of so off the cuff. And I, feel, I, I think hoofing is really interesting to watch because it's almost improvisational in a way. And it's really amazing to see hoofers just go out there and, and just go to work. You never really know what they're going to do. And I feel that's a true expression, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. It's
0: kind of like just a, being an off-the-cuff lecturer. You're kind of an off-the-cuff dancer in a way, I guess, right?
1: That's interesting.
0: Now, you aside from from dancing and, and, and doing choreography, you also are a model and an actress. Tell me a little bit about that. How far into that are you? You've done a few shoots, showed up on a couple sets, right?
1: Yes, I have Um, worked with a few awesome photographers. Um, You know, I like to just dabble into uh, different artistic areas. Um, I feel that I just gravitate towards art itself, no matter what it is. Um, But yeah, photo shoots, I love photo shoots. I feel like, you know, also like dance, you can just kind of live in this whole fantasy world in your mind and it's, it's also kind of like acting right acting in front of the camera um dancing is performing in front of the people or for yourself um as far as acting acting I'm just barely getting into um, I got with an agency just last year so um that's pretty cool and um they've been sending me just like a whole bunch of uh casting calls I've been doing self-tapes so I've been getting a lot of bet a lot better at it you know, and as, as time goes, um, I've gotten a few callbacks. I've only gotten um, uh, one job booked so far by them, but I got to work with Feel uh, Right, which is a huge choreographer. And I think that's fantastic. You know, um, yeah. But I'm really focusing on trying to book something national this year. So you know, I, I really want to focus more on acting. You know, commercial stuff. Um, mm-hmm just acting all around and, and kind of find where where I could be. I'm actually really interested in comedy. I think I w- would like to get into comedy. I haven't yeah. told my yet, but I think I, want to, I need to tell her. I really do. I'm like, I'm sending like these self submissions and they're like scary exorcists or like, you know, a, a mother, like, I'm like, I want something funny. Let's, you know, give me something funny. <laughs>
0: after COVID, everyone wants something to laugh at for sure i think i know yeah yeah. it's been so grim for two years yeah
1: but i mean that's that's pretty much it you know and i teach i teach weekly i choreograph and teach i dance all the time you know um choreograph every week teach monday Mm -hmm.
0: in the in like you've been in the dance world the modeling world and the acting world have you seen a seedier side of the business? Do you see favoritism or any of the ugliness of what goes on in the entertainment world? Or you have have you had a pretty good journey through this at this point?
1: Um, well, I feel like there's you see that everywhere you go, even like at work. If you work at a regular job, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's going to be favoritism. Um, someone's going to like someone else more than you, or you know, someone's going to work better together than you. You know, it's it's just um. I feel like it's like that everywhere, but yeah, of course I see it. I see it. (laughs) I see it in the dance world and, um, and everything. And, uh, you know, you just have to, you just have to have thick skin, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Have thick skin and then just continue to grind and focus on yourself and, you know, know where your place is, you know, know where you can fit in, um, just things like that, you know?
0: Well um, my next question you just kind of answered, I was going to ask if you had any advice for the young entertainer, the young dancer out there, and that's great advice. I think uh, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of times I see these ballet tap jazz studios and I'll walk into them and there will be trophies everywhere because it's so competitive based. So much of this is competitive based. And, uh, and it happens in other styles of dance. Like to be on stage for river dance, you have to be one of the top Irish step dancers in the world. Right. And those competitions okay. start on a regional level, you know, five or six locations in the United States and other, all over the world. And then you work up to be the champion, the number, they rank them. You're number one, number two, number three, best Irish step dancer in the U S and you're up against the people around the world. And then only maybe the top two or three people are going to ever be up for the lead. It's not really yeah. even an audition process. It's just, you pick the best athlete in a way. Right. And right. I, And I always felt like there were no losers in dance, but, but, but it's become this competitive system. Um, and, you, and, it, and it's sad to me in a way how disillusioned I think people might, might get, but I'm sure um, as a hip hop dancer and, you know, going out for whatever that might be a movie or music video or whatever it is that you're up against maybe 10 people and someone's right. not going to get it. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have to yeah, persevere. It, and, it is. You have to. And yeah, it's, is. And the way I see it is just, you know, I apply that as just generally. That's like that everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It really is anywhere you go. You go to a job, you're applying, you know, and there's other people applying as well. Not everyone's gonna get the job, right? <laughs> uh, so it's it's the same. I, I feel like you know with dance, it's it's more passionate. You know what I mean? So it's these everybody that's dancing. They're so passionate about what they're doing. You know, and and they're coming to take class and they're training. So you know, the position that they want, it's, it, there's a lot of emotion in there. So at the times I feel like when you're so in, in your emotions and you're caught up in your emotions, sometimes it, you do certain things that you shouldn't do, or mm-hmm. you tend to lose yourself or, you know, you, you I don't know. They say fake it to make it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, that might work. Who knows? I mean, it works, it works for some people, but it's like that everywhere. You know, you just got to have thick skin, um, know that, you know, everyone, it's on a different journey, uh, you know. Uh, focus on yourself, and um, if you focus on yourself and work on yourself, you can only get better. That, that's all, you know.
0: Do you? Think, I mean, I've seen uh, Do do you do you think there should be a certain class size for some of the some of these types of dance? Like I've seen auditoriums filled with people taking hip hop dance from a big choreographer. Do you feel class size is important with this, or does it matter in hip hop dance?
1: You know, I think. Okay, I, I've, I've done hip hop for like five years. So to me, that's not that long um, compared to those that I know, you know, that are in the industry. They've, they've danced since really young in hip hop choreography. Yeah. Um, and those conventions are, I feel, and I've never been to those conventions because they're really, they're really, you know, good people that go. Mm. Um, I feel like the really good people that go, they, can see the choreography and they're they are able to execute um so i just really think that it just depends on the person and if you feel like you can actually go and learn in that type of environment um as far as you know should it be big should it be small i feel like i would just leave it up to them in my opinion you know Uh, me personally if i want to take class if i want to train um i don't think i would go to a convention yet just because i feel like i'm not up to you know yeah. Um, yeah that level but uh and, yeah. and what
0: what about zoom classes versus in-person classes
1: i don't like zoom classes
0: <laughs>
1: i don't like them um i personally i just you know when it comes to dance it's it's like me it's a it's a vibe thing you know it's like a person to person you don't have to touch each other but like it's you know the sharing of energy I, it's so different from sharing it you know online yeah when you're, yeah I mean, I've done it before. You can still enjoy yourself, um, but I love it so much that I just, I just don't, I want, don't want to do that. I'd rather be in person.
0: <laughs> sure, of course, of course. Yeah, for a while there during COVID, that's all people could do, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. Exactly.
0: Where are you at in your spiritual journey now? Where are you? Where are you at presently? Are you seeking? Are you consistent with something? Where are you? Thinking about it.
1: I feel like I'm seeking. You know, I, I hear. Different things from people. Um, I love to get into that conversation because um it is interesting to to see how people think or to you know get into their minds and to kind of compare like, oh, this is what I think or this is how I feel about it, or why does this person feel about it, you know, experience. But I love, love, love the conversation. But as far as like knowing or I, I think I'm seeking. I feel like I'm seeking.
0: For sure, for sure. I think yes. a lot of, I think it's a constant kind of seeking, right? It's, I it's think like, it's, con- yes. it's,
1: yes. It's like
0: acting. There's no closing the book on it. Oh, I've learned everything there is to know about acting. I, there's nothing else to know. As long as you're alive and you're experiencing life, you'll, en- you'll enhance all of this yeah. stuff. I think everything improves as right. you, as you get older and wiser. Sam, I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I know this is a quick one for us. Um, where are you teaching at and how often and how can people find you out there on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, uh, so you can find me. I'm on Instagram at Hey Sam K. That's H E Y S A M K. Very easy. Um, I don't really use all the other social media platforms, which I probably should, but I mean, you can find, find me very easily by searching Hey Sam K. That's all I use. All right. And I teach every monday at epicenter in torrance at 6 30 p.m um that's every monday and on fridays i assist over in fusion force la and uh class is with eric rios at seven thirty. so and then between the weeks i just like choreograph and work <laughs> but yeah all
0: right sam thanks for coming out today
1: thank you for having me todd
0: we'll talk to you soon okay bye bye And there you have it, my interview with Sam Kong. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at questwithtod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please be sure to rate and review this episode. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Information and opinions stated in this podcast should not be construed as medical advice. Please be sure to visit the official website for the International Association of Metatomics at metatomics.org or find us on social media for other unique content.